You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Media. November 4th, 2009, a Wednesday, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh my God. At a 7-Eleven store, four bodies are found by police just a little before midnight. Mm-mm. Where was Jamie Loftus during this horrible crime? That is the question we're going to answer today on this was- episode of Behind the Bastards. I'm Robert Evans. I was in high school. I was uh-huh, in high uh-huh. school. Right? Oh, Allegedly. And we didn't all watch Serial and learn that high schoolers can murder Jamie. I think Maybe. that we should just clear the air at the beginning of the episode. I don't want to, you know, I feel like I owe the audience an explanation. I've seen the allegations going around. Many of them AI generated saying things like basically all of them AI generated. (laughs) Quote, according to an episode of the podcast The Finders, (laughs) Jamie Loftus is involved in murders in Grand Rapids, Michigan, unquote. God. Here's AI really my... has made it easier to be to be the kind of piece of shit that I am. And for that reason, I'm excited for the future. <laughs> How bad could it be? Uh, hopefully I, I live till part four. Look, my alibi is in early 2009 or in November on November 4th, 2009, I was coming off of the rousing success of my Sarah Palin Halloween costume. <laughs> So I could not have possibly been in Grand Rapids. I was in Brockton celebrating my hilarious costume. Uh, And I have like when Obama got elected the first time, I had just tried birth control for the first time because I like Mm -hmm. aspirationally thought that I might have sex at some Mm -hmm. point. And uh, I threw up during the inauguration. (laughs) It seems like a statement. It wasn't. I was just sick. <laughs> well, we've all gotten a fun a lesson. <laughs> a fun lesson about how AI works and how easy it is if you have a successful podcast to convince the internet that your friend committed a series of murders. The first result 
on Google is now Jamie Loftus Grand Rapids. It worked. <laughs> the episode came out five hours ago. Yeah. It was. <laughs> we are recording this the day it dropped. <laughs> and I'm a full on murderer already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you yeah. so much. I have like you can consult my alibis. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, and I, I, you know, I always had a feeling that podcasting would ruin my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this has given me an idea, folks, friends at home. Every week, just send me money, and whoever sends me the most money can also send in the name of a friend they want framed for murder, and I'll do it. You know, there don't wow. appear to be consequences for this. No, not yet. Yeah. I do so, kind of wish mine was Grand Rapids. Mine is just the, a variety of my name multiple times with age. <laughs> Sophie Lichterman, age. Sophie Ray Lichterman, age. Sophie Ray Lichterman, that's unsettling because it is age. Because that means an awful lot of people are trying to find out how old you are, and that, there's really no good reason they'd be doing and that. Fuck you all. I'm ageless. <laughs> fuck you. I love those. Uh, my. <laughs> I love those ones that are like, um, I like the ones where they speculate about whether you're married and how much money you have and how tall mm-hmm. you are, because it's always wrong. Like, writer, mm-hmm. like, Jamie has $5 million. She's four foot ten <laughs> and still a virgin. And you're like, fuck yeah. Two thirds of those brother, are right. I wish, brother, that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> well, Jamie. Speaking of short virgins, I don't think there are any short virgins in this in this series, because as we discussed in our previous episodes, this guy had a lot of sex or at least wanted interviewers in 1996 to believe that. (laughs) Impossible to say which the case was. We wanted people to believe a lot of things in 1996. This is Mm -hmm. on the the less offensive end of it, unfortunately. I, I will say someone on the subreddit claims that their grandma said that, yeah, people got laid like crazy during World War II. So, you know, there's my AI grade level of research uh, into whether or not it was true that people were Wait, having wild ass sex during the war. Sorry, someone on the Reddit's grandma said that yeah, people yeah. fucked during World War yeah, II. They were commenting on the podcast and were like, well, you know, based on what to, to what Marion said about all the crazy World War II sex, my grandma said the same thing. So. Mm-hmm, That's, mm-hmm, you know, two data mm-hmm. points. We could print that in the New York Times now if I'm understanding journalism correctly. So you're saying yeah. somebody was like, Grandma fucked, and then you were like, great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess if they are a grandma, like, they fucked, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah there, You don't become a grandma, but yeah. you, you can't become a grandma not yeah. fucking. Yeah. Well, I guess Unless you could you... adopt. Anyways. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. Let's uh Virgin let's Grandma? Back, I would watch that movie. story. um so yeah when we when we left off our tale uh the story had blown up in the media there were all sorts of people speculating that not only was the cult a bunch of satanists but they were trafficking children across the country the police were kind of in love with hearing their own voices on connie chung and other major television uh, shows. No Everybody kidding. was having a good time, except for six children, uh, two arrested male cult members, and the mothers of those children who were having much less of a good time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the police started carrying out raids uh, on finders' properties back up north because it involved the customs or interstate commerce. The customs department wound up being the guys who actually like did 
the the a lot of the the busts and stuff. They're not really busts because they didn't find any evidence of crimes. But they went into the properties and ransacked them, took a bunch of shit away in bags. Particularly, they found a ton of computers and advanced electronic equipment. This mm-hmm. was the eighties, so. We're talking like word processing machines and stuff, but they wrote about it like it was the KGB's spying operation uncovered because this was the first computer anyone had ever seen. <laughs> it's like it reminds me of I mean, this is much later, but like when you go back and watch the first Fast and the Furious mm-hmm. movie and you realize that the th- the like electronics they're trafficking are just DVD players and you're just like, Oh, okay. Yeah, people just didn't know what a computer was at this time. You would go to jail over DVD players. They they didn't know what wasn't wasn't impressive. Nowadays, you (laughs) can't throw away a DVD player. (laughs) They won't won't let you. (laughs) These days, the the computer will accuse you of murdering someone in (laughs) Michigan. We've come a long way. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huge amounts of progress. I am imagining, because this is the 80s, and when I think about The Wire... They're all still using typewriters. So I'm imagining at this point, the police are still like using the Flintstones bird that chisels onto a a rock tablet. That's how all crimes get reported in the 80s. Um, So, yeah, they make a big deal about the fact that they find a bunch of advanced electronic equipment, read word processors and fax machines. Um, Very suspicious. The only real piece of there's two pieces of like scary information. One of them, there's still no explanation. They found cages on the farm and claimed that the cages were for putting children in. Uh, I never heard that either refuted or addressed. I never saw any evidence as to why they thought that. Um, Mm -hmm. So maybe someone locked a kid up in a cage, but also it's only referenced once in a police report. And as we're going to cover, everything in the police report was pretty much wrong. So one of the things stated is that uh, a journal, and this comes from a journalist's article, uh, but it's probably a journalist who was talking to a police officer, that there were photos of naked children in a bag that he saw through the plastic in a bag being carried out by the police. Now that sounds pretty bad, except for these people were never charged with child pornography. Authorities would later clarify that none was found. The photos were just normal pictures of little kids. I think one of two things happened. Either a cop lied to a journalist, common story, or Mm -hmm. some parents had pictures of their kids where their kids weren't like fully clothed, like most parents wind up having, you know, kid has a shirt off, it's summer, they're running around or whatever. Right. Uh, And and that's what was going on. Right. There's like those strange cases of people being like charged with uh, child pornography for pictures of themselves as a child and all that. Stuff. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't want to like, you know, it's so, it's so tricky talking about any of these cases and it should be. But it, it yes. is like, you know, if if the police record is mostly wrong, it's also very a very scary precedent if there is something to that allegation and they just simply stop sure. following up on it. Like Let- that's also really bad yeah yeah it's like it's worth investing again and it seems like this is probably a case my guess is that somebody saw some like unclear because again you're looking through a trash bag like a photo of a kid without their shirt on was like oh my god is that child porn and it's like no it was a kid running around a sprinkler in the summertime or whatever like a parent took a picture of their child having fun in the summer right that's my guess based on the fact that no charges of child pornography were ever filed and police well, I tend to file that charges that for that sort of thing yeah they really do uh yeah. they really do and i know and and their track record is so bad <laughs> Did I ever told you about the computer game I had to play in middle school where you have to save a 
child your age from being sex trafficked in Southern what? California. What? It is what? the way I th- it like pops into my mind. It was it was called missing. And it was like I, I played it in like computer class. That can't have been a thing. I will send you the video. It was like this, you know, like, uh, like choose your own adventure. That's very dark uh, game where a kid meets a guy on a message board and is like sex trafficked and then Uh, is like complicit in crimes. Wait, I'm sending, I'm putting it in the chat right now. It's really bizarre. And the, the, uh, the acting from the kid, Zach, he's like, Hey, I'm Zach. I live in Toronto. My parents got divorced recently and I'm spending a lot of time on my computer. Uh, and then anyways, he gets he gets missing. And then you have to work with the cops to find Zach and get him away from uh, his on his um, it says his online friendship with the villain whose name is Phantasma. Now, Jamie. Yes. That doesn't sound like a thing you should be able to do. What play that game when you're 12? Make children play that game, Jamie. That doesn't it's sound okay at all. So ba- I I agree with you. I don't know why, but it was like there. It was like a three part computer class where it's like you play a math game for 20 minutes, mm-hmm. you play a reading comprehension game for 20 minutes, and then you try to save Zach's life for 20 minutes, and then you have to go to the next class. Well, at least the game has its priorities or something. I don't yeah. know. You see, this this really shows the difference in how dystopian things were when I was a, a kid and when you were a kid. Because when I was that age, we simply watched The Voyage of the Mimi, which starred very, oh very God. young child Ben Affleck uh, oh and a God. huge jug of peanut butter on a boat. Uh-huh, That's an accurate uh-huh. description of Voyage of the Mimi. A lot of naked men cuddling together, but not in a sex way. It was a good show. I'm thrilled to report I have not seen it. Oh, great stuff. A lot of a lot of people online are psyched that I brought up the voyage of the Mimi. Oh, but God. speaking okay. of voyages, these children are on a voyage into state custody because mm-hmm. <laughs> the police God. have apparently wrongly made claims that they found cages and child pornography. Mm-hmm. Um One of the journalists who reported on the bust of the farm uh, quoted customs officer Scott Hunt in in an article he wrote. Uh, He quoted Hunt as saying, it is our belief that these kids were not kidnapped, but that their parents gave them away because one of the rights of the satanic organization is that you give up your rights to your children and the leaders of this organization can do what they want with your children. Now, this was not based on anything, Jamie. No No one had told Hunt this. He had not found evidence of this anywhere. This had not been claimed by anyone. Uh, This is just stuff that Hunt believed based on like Oprah's shows about the satanic panic that he'd watched. That's my like, I don't know where his info comes from, but no one told it to him because none of this was real. And the finders never claimed to be a satanic organization. It is truly stunning to me how many like just misinformation crusades were either like low key begun by or really perpetuated by an episode of Oprah. Yeah. I, I don't know where else this would have come from. It's possible maybe that random anonymous parent who called the cops made this claim, but mm-hmm. like no one who had any knowledge of the group made this claim. None of the kids made this claim. Like this is just something this cop set, told a reporter Said. that helped ignite a, a moral panic, which is great. Um, It's really good. And the reporter, what, just uh, mm-hmm. didn't fact check it? They're like, this sounds No, why would you spicy? fact check a cop? 
You just print whatever they say. It's true. It is their paper after all. Now, there was a small amount of physical evidence, by which I mean one raid of a finder's own home turned out a drawing of a pentagram. So that's clear evidence of. And to be honest, I haven't seen this drawing. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody drew a Star of David and one of the cops was like, Pentagram! The devil! Um, Really no way to know, um, given the quality of the police work going on here. Uh, There was also a a bunch of flat stones in a backyard and something that is described as a tombstone that may not have been. The police called this a ritual space. Former residents of the Colt House were like, well, this was our garden. You know, we had like stones, like a walking path in the garden. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Maybe it was a tombstone. I I know of at least two friends who have tombstones, like, you know, fake ones in their garden. Like I was about to talk. I was about to talk shit. And then I realized I'm like, I literally have one within like arms. length. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I have a fake tombstone within arms reach. Yeah, it is a normal thing to have. (laughs) Embarrassing. That's a small amount of evidence to to find in order to say they were trading their children for sex. Like that's uh, not not a lot to base that claim from. Um, Right. Oh, it's so fucking infuriating hearing how yeah. poorly these investigations are done. Like it's yeah. okay. Oh no, it is like blistering incompetence uh, yeah. going on here, and it's about to get incompetenter, which is not a word. Um, Oops, so, all incompetence. Yeah, what makes this especially fucked up is that the mothers of these kids tried as soon as they find out what's happened, right? Because you know the guys who get arrested get a call. They call the cult, and like <laughs> Marion Petty's secretary has to start call- getting up all the moms who were like in different parts of the country or city, like playing various games that he's ordered them to play, and be like, "Hey, your kids are in custody, and we're suspected of trafficking them to Mexico. Sorry about that." Just checking in. Yeah. Just checking in. Fuck. So obviously being moms, they immediately call the police, right? And to try to be like, hey, we know these guys. Our kids were with them with our permission. Nothing's going on here. Please give us our children back. But, you know, Scott Hunt, that customs officer uh, I I quoted from earlier making those claims about Satanism was really Mm. fucking incompetent. Scott Hunt. Skunt is as well. No. Okay. Um, so no, let's go with that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with we? you. I'm with you. <laughs> so because of the media circus around the case, they're not able to get through the phone lines to talk to him. And I'm going to quote from John Cohen's article describing what happens when the parents try to call the police. And this reads like every parent's nightmare. When the mothers called Scott Hunt at the Tallahassee Police Department on Monday evening, they couldn't get through. Carolyn's on the phone saying she's BB's mother and she's met by snorts and giggles, recalls Erica. That's one of the other mothers. She's the 200th caller claiming these beautiful children. They finally spoke to Tallahassee police, but Hunt still told the media they had yet to hear from the mothers. I'll never forgive him for that, says Erica. So first off, the cops laughed when the mothers called in at first because so many people were calling in falsely claiming to be the parents of those kids. Mm -hmm. And then when they finally did talk to the police, Hunt just didn't report that to the media. He just continued saying their parents haven't gotten in touch because I guess that was made a better story for him to get on Connie Chung with. Like, I don't know why he would lie about that, but he did. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Okay. Now. It's not just the cops and the press here. Petty is also to blame for a lot of this. He reacted to the whole very serious situation with more amusement than concern. Again, 
everything is kind of a game to this guy. And that's how he treats the fact that all of these women's children are now in custody. Right. Yeah, it is kind of I mean, it. I guess it is very in keeping with a cult like figure to take things equally unseriously, no matter how far they escalate. Yeah. Just same exact energy brought when there's children yeah. in danger. And so, you know, he gets on the phone with all the mothers and he's like, well, this is another game. In this game, the FBI is the game caller. And, you know, we just have to kind of play the game they want to play. Now, the moms are like, our kids are in custody in Tallahassee. We are all flying to Tallahassee. And he is mm-hmm. like, no, no, you live in D.C. You should stay in D.C. Um, so he orders them not to go get their kids in Florida, which pisses a lot of them off. This is actually going to start a schism within the cult. Yeah, um, no shit. Okay. So but they're they're not so far gone that they like they don't seem to be don't. gone at all. That's interesting. The thing. OK, it's, again, one of the hard things to tell about this is like the degree to which people are like brainwashed or whatever. We'll talk with Erico some, but like they're at it. The attitude generally seems to be this was like a fun game. I was playing like this whole cult was like a fun thing to do with my friends until they fucked with my kids. And then it stopped being fun. Mm-hmm. Like, but they I'm just going to tell the story. It's It's odd the way this paces out. Um, okay. Yeah, because so, this sounds like they're having fairly rational responses. Yes. Yes. I, again, this is not whatever else we can say about this cult. It's not kind of exercising the same degree of like mental control over at least most of its members as a lot of other cults we cover. Mm-hmm. I don't know where you want to like lash that out morally, but it is it is interesting. Yeah. Speaking of interesting, Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, listen to this podcast ads. Oh, okay. Yeah. And we're back. We're uh, back. I hope that they advertise that computer game. I've tried to buy <laughs> it missing. online. I tried to buy it online. I mm-hmm. This is horrible. I tried to buy it online last year because I was just like, I need to remember how fucked up this because it was so scary. And I remember there were kids in class that were like, can we spend more time on the Zach game? It just feels more urgent than math. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't find it. I got sent a different game, a different mid-aughts computer game about child abduction. So there was more than one. Yeah. And I, you know, if if you know me, you know, I love a good Child, I don't know where to continue this, Jamie. Um, All right. Well, just get back to the, I just, you yeah, know. Yeah, I, yeah, let's, let's get you know, back to the podcast. Fine. Not talking about. Oh, my God. Grand fine. Rapids, Michigan. Um, no, I already you told you where I was. Yeah, I, I've been advised to not say more at this time. I do. Sophie, do you think we could make money if instead of selling ads, we kind of like blackmail advertisers with not associating their brand with famous killing sprees? using our audience as sort of like a, a weapon against them. Is that a good idea for making money? No, it's a good idea for ending this podcast and all oh. of our people losing their health all insurance right. and homes. Well, you, you and I will hash that out behind the scenes, but I feel like no, we can we make won't. some money doing I it. Just veto- um, I just vetoed it. <laughs> I trust we, Sophie. I mean, we didn't get sued over the blue apron thing. I think that means we're bulletproof, Sophie. 
We agreed to never discuss that let's, again. Let's test it. Bulletproof coffee is still a product, I think. Why don't you see if you can is associate it? them with the Green River Strangler? You know, let's just try it out, Robert. everybody. Let's just try what it out. What? Fuck Sophie, up. I have gone mad with power. Yeah. Bulletproof <sighs> coffee is still around. <laughs> it, it is still around. Well, that's embarrassing. Man, people yeah, really <laughs> liked that shit for like so sure many did. years. And I was like, I Ooh. had it, I had it once and there's too much butter. In that coffee. Yeah. I don't need that much butter in my coffee. I just saw the Folgers incest commercial for the first time a couple weeks ago. You hadn't seen it? Oh, that is the best part of waking up. (laughs) Is your brother coming home from his creepy mission trip so you can Mm -hmm. give him a big old kiss on the lips? Also, I love that he has just been in like Ethiopia or somewhere and he's like, finally, real coffee. I know. I Bro, there's you were, so many you were where coffee comes from. What is wrong with you? There's so many errors made mm-hmm. in there. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, it is what yeah, a text. What a text. The mistake that brother and sister make immediately after the ad cuts off. <laughs> anyway. It's not the of, first time. Be serious. Speaking of mistakes, Petty makes a series of mistakes here because not only does he tell these moms, don't go get your kids, come to D.C., he orders his followers and particularly his like goofy male followers who are all, again, playing a game to respond to the court case against them in a way that's like it's designed, number one, not to be an efficient response. And number two, it's designed to kind of fuck with people's heads because mm-hmm. he seems to find that funny. Like, I don't know exactly what his purpose here, but he is not taking steps that you would take to try that's, and get your kids released as quickly as possible. That's another question I have. Like, what is he getting out of this? I, I think he enjoys muddying the waters. He likes being a prankster. He comes out of, you know, we did our episodes on the Illuminati last year and we talked about the Discordians, right? These Mm -hmm. guys, one of whom was really closely tied to the fucking Kennedy assassination, whose like reaction to being closely tied to a conspiracy was to just make more conspiracies to like fuck with people. I don't like this Heath Ledger Joker approach. This is not... I think it's fine, potentially, if it's like, yeah, I am being investigated by the government for killing the president, maybe. I'm going to, like, fuck around a little bit. You're the one on the line. But when you're making, when you're, like, potentially endangering the ability of parents to get back their children, I think you're doing something bad, you know? Yeah. 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 Wow. And and that's a really hot take, but I think you were brave to say it. (laughs) Thank you, Jamie. Thank you. (laughs) Um. So one of the lawyers who's going to be representing the finders later tells John Cohen, the journalist, that several members of the group were after he was like retained to to represent them in this case. Mm -hmm. A bunch of finders members are sent over to like help him make the case to defend them. And this is how he describes them. They all had handlebar mustaches and dressed alike. I sent them to the FSU library (laughs) to get me books for the case to explain their philosophy. They came back with books on psychology, India, American Indians, Samoan tribes. Chinese philosophy. <laughs> so, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 they're, yeah, they're, it's nonsense. Uh, I, I'm going to continue that quote from Cohen's article. Right before the hearing, Walborski, that's the lawyer, learned that the finders men she had been working with had left town and were replaced by Steve Usden, who is another member of the cult. She also got the news that Petty had put a gag order on the other two men who had come there and that she was going to be fired. I said, OK, the First Amendment issues haven't even been argued and they stand up and fired me. In court, Steve Usden delivered a proclamation from Petty. Our interests and the state's interests are the same, he said, so we don't need counsel. Some people practice law 20 
20 or 30 years and never get fired on television while Borsky jokes. So, wow, that is not taking the case serious. Firing your lawyer the day of then announcing you're representing yourself, sending these weird mustache guys in costume to do research. None of that is like taking it very no, it's, seriously. Yeah, it's treating it like you live in a in a B movie like that's yeah. absurd. Yeah. So okay. one of the moms calls Petty, and and this is how Paula Erico, who's one of the other mothers, describes this mother Livingston calling Petty. Okay. She begs him to tell her what to do. He said, fire your attorney. If you called him and begged him and he told you to do it, you can't say no. She was in agony. She really loves her son, and she knew it would happen the way I knew what would happen if I fired my attorney. It wouldn't be in the best interest of her children. So like these women are calling and crying like begging him to not make them fire their attorneys. And he's being like, lay off your attorney. And this is what causes a split because some of these women yeah. fire their representation and like go with Petty. And some of them are like, no, fuck you. I, I'm going to do whatever I think will get my kid back fastest. Right. Um, so well, this, I am this is glad, like, yeah, the it is again, yeah. just like interesting that there, that it's, he doesn't have so tight a hold that it's, it's not one of those stories where parents will actively not act in the best interest of their child because yeah he says so okay yes some of them do and some of them don't okay anyway that's obviously this chaos the fact that lawyers are getting hired and fired and like there's they're they're putting in statements into court based on like buddhist philosophy and shit that is part of where some of the disinformation comes from a lot of it also comes from as we noted earlier once this story blows up, hundreds of random American dipshits, conspiracy theorists, people who, again, watch the same Oprah special as that customs agent guy and yeah. grew paranoid about it. They start clogging the police phone lines with their own theories about satanic pedophiles. Oh um, one of <laughs> the uh, Scott Hunt, the customs officer, says, I had 75 skunt. reporters waiting. Skunt. <laughs> I had 75 reporters waiting for me in the lobby. We logged 450 telephone calls to me in two days. They were bringing in overtime people to to help take messages. Um, and yeah, these are like just, a lot of this is just pure nonsense. They've got all these different organizations, the National Center for Exploited Children, Children's Clearing House, the National Child Safety Council, the National Association of Missing Children, all like canvassing on this case, trying to find like information about these kids and their parents, even though their parents have contacted the police. And it's generating this like huge amount of like false info. And also because this is America, somebody calls in a bomb threat on the safe house where the police are holding the kids. For May have been a cult sake. member. We don't really know. Um, yeah. It's just chaos right now, right? Yeah. So everything beyond the initial busybody claims uh, who said that they were Satanists because she thought that would get a response uh, and the human services investigator who claimed that there was proof of sexual abuse. Everything else that's like claimed in the initial days after the case breaks about like abuse and ritual altars and cages and stuff. All of that info comes from one guy, Ramon Martinez, a junior custom service agent. So we have okay. One, the initial claim of Satanism comes from a mom who had never met any of these guys and was just trying to get someone to do something because she was worried the, about the kids. The neighbor, right? This is the neighbor. The claim yeah. that humans, that children were molested comes from a human services investigator who misheard or lied about what a doctor said when a doctor was like, there's a couple of things we should check up on, might be evidence of abuse, might not be. Everything okay. else, the claim that like kids were locked in cages, that there's pictures of naked children, that there's ritual altars and children are 
are being traded. All of that, the source comes from a police report by Customs Service agent Ramon Martinez. Now, that sounds pretty serious because that's a federal agent making some really, really horrifying claims. However, (laughs) other federal agents get to weigh in on this, too. And here's how a later FBI report summarizes Ramon's claims. United States Customs Service agent blank, uh, they're talking about Martinez, claims to have observed a substantial amount of computer equipment and documents purportedly containing instructions for obtaining children for unspecified purposes. The instructions allegedly included the impregnation of female members of the community, purchasing children, trading children, and kidnapping them. So that is like how they summarize his claims, but there's no evidence. They're like, we don't. Right. I'm like, where is this coming from? You do have to prove something. Yes. You have to show. And that's what the FBI says. They're like, well, we asked him what this is based on. And he didn't have anything other than the police report he wrote. Like he's claiming that he found documents about how to trade and traffic children. And none of these are ever seen by anyone else. Um, Okay. So when it comes to the conspiracy theories about the the finders, every conspiratorial take you find takes this guy very seriously. Okay. Now, the FBI comes to the conclusion that, like, there's no evidence for any of this. The physical evidence that he claims he saw that was recovered from the farm and from the house does not match the descriptions in his police report. I hate when the FBI is the most reasonable party present. Yeah. That's like that's a sign that you're on a dark path. Yeah. And like what they do find, there's some weird essays and on stuff on child rearing that they find, which is part of like they're these like because, again, this is like an experimental cult. Like they're experimenting with like all these different ways. Like, is it better to raise children if you raise them communally and you don't send them to school? And like that's kind of weird. It's not maybe not great to experiment on your kids, we could say, but it's not a child trafficking guide, right? So he is he sees these weird essays on like new age family rearing and he just kind of says, "Ah, these are these are guides to sex trafficking children." And it's, mm-hmm. you know, there's like pamphlets on how petty thinks pregnancy should be handled. And again, it's very new agey, you know, what if we take these vitamins and do a natural birth instead of a birth this way? It's like the kind of life hack shit that you find all over the internet now. Um, yeah. but it's not it's not instructions for ritual sex abuse of children. Well, if that's the bar, then terrific. Yeah. (laughs) So the wingnut interpretation of Martinez's claims is well represented from an article I found on an incredibly credible website, Gnostic Warrior. Quote, Martinez wrote that he was unable to review the evidence after multiple attempts and said that he was eventually told by a confidential unnamed informant within the D.C. police, the investigation into the finders has become an internal CIA matter. No further will be available and no further action will be taken. So that's good. U.S. Customs Officer Martinez wrote on April 2nd, 1987, I arrived at MPD at approximately 9 a.m. Detective Bradley was not available. I spoke to a third party who was willing to discuss the case with me on a strictly off the record basis. I was advised that all the passport data had been turned over to the State Department for their investigation. The State Department, in turn, advised the MPD that all travel and use of the passports by the holders of the passports was within the law and no action would be taken. This included travel to Moscow, North Korea and North Vietnam from the late 1950s to the mid-1970s. The individual further advised me of circumstances which indicated that the investigation into the activity of the finders had become a CIA internal matter. The MPD report has been classified secret and was not available for review. 
so this is such a clusterfuck. It is. It is. And what what he's talking about there, this like passport, that's as far as I can tell, that's Petty's passport. So one of the things will we get back into like, oh, maybe there is some conspiracy here it, from yeah. the 50s to the 70s. Petty is visiting the Soviet Union, North Korea and North Vietnam, which is like a difficult time to visit those countries as an American he, citizen. Right. Yeah. Yes. And, and so. The CIA becomes aware of him as a result of that. And it's unclear. Are, are they aware of him because he was traveling to those countries at their behest? Did they become aware of him because they saw an American traveling to those countries and wanted to know what the fuck was going on? Like, why was he going there? And knowing Petty, it's entirely possible he was just curious. But this is some of the shit that gives the conspiracy legs because you get these like he seems to have been traveling to some really weird fucked up places that got him on the government radar. And this right. guy, Ramon Martinez, this customs agent who is himself a conspiracy theorist, finds this out as he's starting to suspect that this is a big child molestation conspiracy. And it it seems it like deepens his suspicions. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's cool. Um, now, God. it's I mean, it's, it is. Yeah. Just like stunning. How many like every time a new party is introduced into this investigation, it gets worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's, you know, he all, uh, Martinez also claims, quote, I was advised that the FBI had withdrawn from the investigation several weeks prior and that the FBI Foreign Counterintelligence Division had directed MPD not to advise the FBI Washington field office of anything that transpired. Now that we can say the FBI says is untrue, right? The mm -hmm. FBI claims that is not why we we did not withdraw from the investigation. Uh, we did not direct MPD not to advise the Washington field office of anything that happened. None of that is true. Their mm -hmm. reports state quite bluntly that nothing Martinez said was verified, right? That he was just kind of full of shit, like definitely full of shit. And right. in the FBI language, they say he was full of fucking shit. Mm -hmm. Um and the FBI basically says, we don't see any evidence of illegal activity whatsoever. Maybe some questionable parenting tactics, but nothing beyond that. Washington, right. D.C. police come to the same conclusion. And as a spoiler, no member of the finders is ever convicted of a crime. However. Oh, I not, genuinely, Robert, I let you tell me these stories. I don't I, I don't look it up in the interceding week. Yeah. No one. No one. No, because there's no evidence that any of them broke any laws. Um, now, okay. there's actually there are some suggestions that like they may have done some arson and harassing of former members like normal. Say, what shit. about the arson? We haven't talked about the arson today. No okay. one knows anything about it. Like the police just kind of I don't think it ever got reported. It just got told to the police after the fact when they started interviewing former members who were like, yeah, and somebody's house burned down after they left. Maybe that yeah. was related. Maybe it was the fact that they made beds out of petroleum in the 80s. I don't know. Um, impossible to say. Was this was this a cult attack or was this someone sleeping with a cigarette in their mouth? Um, and, and yeah, and sometimes uh, it, it is both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why I recommend always sleep with a lit cigarette in your mouth, people. You know, it's true. It's good. That's that's the best kind of fire alarm because you'll feel it if the fire starts real fast. Anyway, there used to, I, I, I miss a good old uh, arson insurance scam that mm -hmm. happened in my mm -hmm. neighborhood when I was growing up. And it was like a regionally specific one. They're like, oh, she had a Yankee candle on her bed. Aww. And that's why I know, you know, when you have the Yankee candle on your bed and then the oh, house yeah. burns down for sure. 
And then you have a new better house across town. I hate when that happens. My last name comes from an arson scam. Do tell. Well, yeah, when my family first came here, my great grandpa, like the first member of our family to come from Italy in like the 20s, mm-hmm. uh, either was involved with the mob or was running an uh, a, an insurance scam that the mob wasn't cut in on. And so they uh, they they rolled on him to the cops. It's unclear which, but he was like burning mm-hmm. down barber shops, first his own and then other people's for the insurance money. And he got arrested. And my, his wife was so ashamed that she moved the family across the country and changed our last name, which is why people on the subreddit wow. were like, his last name's Welsh, but he claims to be Italian. That's because my real last name is not my legal last name. <laughs> that yeah. is incredible. Good stuff. Good stuff. Isn't that fun? Good family. Shit. Yeah. We love to see it. You know what else we love to see, Jamie? <laughs> what do we love to see? We love to see the products and services that support this podcast. Ugh, ain't that the truth? Ah, and we are back. So the good news, Jamie, is that our friend the Gnostic Warrior was right about one thing, which is that what? the CIA were definitely involved with the finders. Um, wow. Yeah. That This is, again, where we we take it. There's, this, there's so many turns in this. Like, they are for sure in play to some extent. It is just really unclear how. It was like, do we know? Yeah, it's like, do we know to what extent at which point, like, where... where... Yeah. Anything? I'm going to verify. I'm going to start with like what we can verify, right? What we know were actual connections to Petty and the finders with the CIA, right? The biggest and most obvious of of them is that his wife works for the CIA, right? I I think I called her an agent earlier. She's not like a a, a literal field agent as far as I can tell, but I also don't know what her job was. I just don't think they had female agents during the time when she was in the CIA, but she works in the CIA for a while. That is definitely the case. Um, And when the FBI does their first investigation into the finders, uh, while the court case is still active, they see Martinez claiming that like the CIA is involved and like is trying to stop the investigation. So the FBI reaches out to the CIA, right? Because they're both federal agencies you know that's the pretty normal thing federal to do federal agencies <laughs> they're that like, can uh you know like uh fuck well, with the world and kill people yeah. and yeah they're well and they also <laughs> crucially they hate each other the fbi and the cia yeah. do not get along because they're always fighting for money right um yeah. so the fbi is like <laughs> Yeah, maybe the CIA is involved with this guy. His wife was in. We should reach out and see if the CIA is doing some fucked up shit. This is not all that long after they have a big fight over a bunch of MKUltra stuff because it leads to like the CIA fucking with FBI investigations. So Mm -hmm. the FBI like, hey, is this shit you? And the CIA does not say no. I'm going to read you first. First, I'm going to start with the first reference to the CIA and the FBI's records. Uh, This is from a section summarizing different law enforcement investigations into the cult. So like Maryland police, you know, D.C. police, FBI, they're like summarizing each of the investigations. Mm -hmm. Central Intelligence Agency investigation. Although the CIA claims their only involvement was that, and then several words are blanked out, was a former employee of the agency. So it's clear their only involvement was that Marion's wife was a former employee. They stated that they were monitoring the investigation from the beginning, and then another sentence is blanked out. So we don't get much there, but the FBI files also disclose a D.C. Metropolitan Police report, which reads this way. 
At approximately 1530 hours, Detective Blank spoke with uh, Special Agent Blank, referencing any contact the members of the Finders may have had with the agency. Special Agent Blank guarded but frank in his responses. He confirmed that Blank Isabel, now deceased, was an employee of the agency from 1950 until, you know, that, that's uh, Marion's wife. When asked right. if our investigation was treading on anybody's toes out there, he replied, sort of. He acknowledged oh. that they have someone working on the case since it first broke in the news media. He also stated that the agency is aware that during the period of 1969 to 1971, Blank traveled to Moscow, North Korea, and North Vietnam. So, what 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 comes out here is this this detective says, are we treading on your toes by investigating this cult? And the CIA says, sort of. And then they clarify that they have assigned an agent to the case when the story broke. And that's backed up by the fact that the FBI summarizes a CIA investigation into the finders. Right. So all right. the CIA is saying there is that, like, you're kind of treading on our toes because we know that we're being accused of being involved and we're looking into it. However, mm -hmm. you can also see how the CIA responding sort of to a detective asking, is this your guys would lead yeah, to a lot that, of conspiracies. That doesn't look good. And it's also mm -hmm. just like uh, the, C the CIA. I, I, I honestly kind of appreciate their candor there because they're mm -hmm. just like, yeah, we've done so many fucked up things in the interceding years. We're yeah. going to have to check the books. We're actually yeah. like, it's you know pro what? probably, but like, we just want to yeah. be sure. Yeah. It's like, it's like when I wake up after a blackout and someone's like, did you piss on the side of my car? And I'm like, I don't know. Let me, uh, let me consult my notes on last <laughs> night. That's entirely this possible. Based on a uh, historical record, it's it's likely I did, but I yeah. I, I want to do my due Can diligence confirm and uh, nor yeah. yeah, take a piss strip to it, see if yeah. it's real. And this also, it's interesting to me, too, that this detective says that the CIA told him, like, this guy, Marion Petty, traveled out of the country to a bunch of communist states in from 69 to 71. It's interesting that they would just say that during a phone call. Um, mm -hmm. So that's weird. You get why all of that yeah. causes people to be like, something, what the fuck was going on here? I'm kind it's, of like, what the fuck was going on here, right? That's suspicious yeah. as hell. It's deeply weird. Now, that said... Everyone who knew Petty during this time was like, yeah, he would he loved pretending to be a spy and making other people pretend to be a spy. He may have been traveling to like North Korea just to pretend to be a spy. He may have been LARPing. Right. Anything is possible. Almost anything yeah. is possible. Now, yeah. the second half of that that police report makes it clear that the detective in the case also did not take the CIA's answers at face value, which is very rational when you're dealing with the CIA. Quote, right. as a practical matter, what is not being said is as important as what S uh, Special Agent Blank has said. Special Agent Blank acknowledged that we are treading on their toes and that they have had someone working on the case since February 5th when it broke. They apparently have a vested interest in Blank and or the group. I think that's petty, right? And or the group. They have right. not contacted any of the investigating agencies while they have been working on the case. They are also aware that Blank traveled to prohibited countries during a period of hostilities that could only have been arranged by them. Finally, he stated that, and then there's like two sentences blanked out. This could explain a lot about this group's funding, which we have been unable to document at this point. So does that mean the CIA was sending these guys money? Because that's what it seems like from the police report, but anything could be in those sentences. It really, it's, it's a... <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a crimes mad lib by some of the least reliable narrators yeah. on the planet now wow. and again it's really unclear 
did the CIA say something or did he just interpret this as them saying something that could be determined as them funding it? Because like we know that a bunch of people who had money joined the finders and gave them their money. And we know they operated several profitable businesses. So it's you don't have to have like what they're doing does not require so much money that you have to have like government backing to explain it. But this report does kind of make it seem like, well, yeah, maybe the fucking CIA put some money in there. And it also like he's saying you can only travel. This detective says he Petty could only have traveled to these prohibited countries during wartime if the CIA had arranged it. That's not entirely true. There's other cases of Americans traveling to these countries during the Cold War, but maybe the CIA told him that. So I don't know. Well, and it's like his proximity to the CIA really uh, like the CIA and the LARPing are yeah. in constant conflict with each other. It's, yeah. I don't know what to think. There, There is zero evidence that this is a satanic conspiracy. Um, no, however, definitely. That's the one thing I can say for sure. Yeah, there's a decent amount of evidence that something shady with the CIA and the finders cult was going on. Right. It's just I mean, really unclear the extent that that took. And we're, we're, we, right. we have more to say on the matter. OK, because um, I'm also curious because I know that you you characterized his relationship with his wife as like it grew estranged pretty quickly once the finder yeah. stuff started taking off. But it's like, what do we even know that that's true? You know, like it's no, just there's. And, and here's the thing. This is where no, one of the we weird sound things. like we're spreading conspiracies. OK, it's entirely possible he was connected to the CIA and that it had nothing to do with his wife's connection to the CIA. What? Um, yeah, yeah. That's that's what we're getting into, um, because it's 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 just peculiar. Right. So the author, Mark Riebling, who wrote a book about the conflict between the FBI and the CIA, um, uh-huh. has like described in that book. Basically, like these two agencies have a series of escalating conflicts. A lot of it starts with MKUltra. So a lot of this stuff actually reaches kind of like a new height of conspiracism a few years after the case drops. And we're going to have to like jump ahead here before we go back to 1988 to talk about how this shakes out, because it's about stuff that's happening in the 80s, but doesn't get found out until later. Just Mm -hmm. before Christmas 1993, a report comes out that the CIA had had the FBI cover up to some extent its connections with the finders. And that connection was that the CIA had hired the finders for computer training, right? And I'm a, for a more detailed summary of what happened, I'm going to read an excerpt from an AP News article here. Okay. The CIA sent some employees to a company called Future Enterprises, Inc. for computer training in the 1980s, but the spokesman said the CIA did not know about any connections between the company and the finders and added that the company was in no sense a CIA front or ever owned or operated by anyone for the CIA. Joseph Marinich, vice president of Future Enterprises, says the company has trained CIA employees in computer use and continues to do so, but that it has never been a front for anyone. Marinich said one finders member, former IRS employee Robert Gardner Terrell, worked for the company before he was let go in February 1987. So what's going on there is you've got this company that trains people in computer use and Right before the finders all get busted and this case starts, the CIA hires them to train CIA agents. And the member Mm -hmm. of the finders that is training those CIA agents is former IRS employee Robert Terrell, who's the guy who writes the biography of Marion Petty. That's the major source for the first part of this episode. So that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff like this. Now, 
we know the finders had a lot of coders and computer technicians. A lot of smart nerds are in this cult. And also, in this period of time, the CIA probably doesn't have a ton of people inside the agency who are great with computers. It's not weird right. that they would be hiring out for that because computers are very new. Um mm-hmm. That said, it's also totally within the dealings of the CIA to like operate companies and shit and, and use that as a way to like send money places without having it be open. You know, sure. that's like a thing they do over and over again. That said, it would be weird to do that and then hire that company to train CIA agents, which would seem to like increase the level of suspicion towards the CIA. Um yeah. Yeah, I don't know why you'd do that. Um, I also don't know why you'd do that. I'm also stuck on computer training. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's like Excel, basically. Like, you can't do a lot with computers back then. Like, how I taught the old employees at the comptroller's office how to yeah. like surely i i just don't i i'm, I'm stuck I, I this is this is giving me conspiracy brain because you're yeah. just like surely there is someone who could train you on computers comparably to the finders that aren't the finders like I why don't know. but also why? What, what this makes me think so terrell is an ir a former irs agent and a big thing the cia might want computer training in is like forensics right if you're investigating uh-huh. say this is the cold war right you're investigating a company that you think is a front for the russian government or has received funds from russian intelligence right sure well that would be something you might need someone who is a forensic analyst of like computer records to look through and terrell as a former irs agent who knows computers might be able to train them in doing that right like i can mm-hmm. see that being just i can see him just being involved because he has this knowledge based on his background and the cia is interested in getting their employees trained on it it's right. also possible like a number of things are possible here right it could be a coincidence like that he was working for this company and the cia contracted with them because there just wasn't a lot of computer training in the dc area at that mm-hmm. point in time, it's also possible that one way or another, Petty found out that the CIA was using this company to train their agents and that Petty sent Terrell to work at Future Enterprises as part of a game because he wanted to know what kind of shit the CIA was being trained in. Right. That is mm-hmm. also in character with the group. Right. It's also possible that the CIA was aware of this and sent agents to get this training because they knew a finders member was in the company, right? Like right. all three of those things could be the case. It's uh, really un- and all three of those things are in character with the the players involved in this. Right. And all of the characters in this uh, in this sort of saga, you historically cannot trust. No, everyone is to a liar for what's happening. Yeah, this and is beyond fucked. beyond being a liar. Petty likes spreading disinformation to make people believe untrue things about his cult because he's a prankster and also likes sowing doubt. And the CIA does the same thing because they're the CIA. So we really very hard to know what has actually happened here. Yeah, the FBI CIA rivalry. I mean, it it makes total sense. And it's also just like, you know, like Red Sox Yankees for people that want to fucking destroy the world. It's so depressing. Yeah, it is. And obviously the CIA are the Yankees. I think we can all agree on that. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't know. I I guess I don't I don't want to choose. I don't want to choose. I resent having to choose. Yeah. Okay. On wow. what grounds wow. is the CIA classic, the Yankees? Classic East Coaster. Um, okay. There. On what grounds? I feel like the Yankees also overthrew the government of Guatemala. Oh. Okay. Well, when you yeah. put it like that, 
Yeah. Okay. No further questions. (laughs) So the other possibility as to what's happening here is that everything that was going on, because like the thing that didn't make sense to me is, all right, if the CIA is running this computer trading company, why would they have it train their CIA agents and establish a paper trail between them? That seems Mm -hmm. dumb. But what if the whole training thing is a cover for the agency to communicate with or otherwise use the finders, right? What if this was a way of them by by establishing this relationship of getting money, funneling money to the finders for whatever they had them doing, right? Or to mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't know. It's possible. A theory I find particularly compelling is posited to John Cohen by Daniel Brandt. And Daniel Brandt is a an independent left-wing intelligence analyst who marketed in this period of time a database of intelligence citations called Spybase starting in the 1980s. So this is like okay. if you're a progressive, like I'm trying to keep track of all of the different like weird spy shit going on so you can be aware of the different threats to like your political organization or whatever, right? Gotcha, Bra- okay. Brandt met members of the Finders starting in 1984 and claimed, quote, they approached me because they saw I was doing this database. I had posted a note about it in an extremely obscure journal called Reset. So two Finders members reach out to Brandt when they see this and they're like, hey, we work with something called the Information Bank and we'll give you some software we've developed in exchange for some of your files. And so he has a little relationship with these guys. He gives them some software. They give him some files. He says they're they're well informed on counter spying. They seem to know a lot about intelligence, but he also claims that they're like he kind of breaks ties with them because they keep pushing him for information. And he talks to some friends at the same time that members of the finders reach out to, and they have even more unsettling experiences. He eventually files a three-page memo that he like publishes to different progressive groups around DC to warn them about the finders. Uh, And I'm going to read a summary of this from John Cohen's article. Quote, Dated November 10th, 1986, the memo is uh, is headed, a summary of what is known about some very strange people who use computers and seek out progressives so that they can ask a lot of suspicious questions. In addition to Information Bank, Brandt wrote, members said that they were from Global Press Review, Hong Kong Business Today, and The Seekers. Members also approached Lou Wolf, co-editor of Covert Action Information Bulletin, and he helped Brandt check them out. There are several characteristics that lend themselves to the interpretation that this is an information gathering front for a cult of some sort, Brandt wrote in his summary, noting that members may not be told the purpose behind their missions. The guise of computer consulting is an ideal method of spying on the left, he concluded. It would take about 20 Mm -hmm. seconds to copy an entire mailing list from a hard drive to a floppy. And that's really possible. And that's really possible because, as we'll say, the CIA did exactly that with different groups. Like, this is not coming out of nowhere. These guys are not conspiracy theorists. They're saying, we know the CIA was doing this with other groups. They may have been doing it with the finders, right? So yeah. g- given this info, I can see two equally plausible possibilities. One, <sighs> this cult which recruited from left wing and new age type people, right? Mm -hmm. They may have been spying on progressive groups and trying to get access to mailing lists for progressive groups just Mm -hmm. to recruit people, right? Not because of a CIA thing, but because that was the kind of person they thought would join their crew and they cults are always recruiting, right? That's one possibility. They also may have been contacted or even paid by the CIA to spy on progressive groups, right? And it may have been a bit of both, right? We can get members this way and the CIA will pay us. We can get information from the CIA if we do this, right? Mm -hmm. There is some suggestion that early in the cult's history, because they're doing all these spying games, Petty's sending them around the world to infiltrate companies and get information. 
there's information that suggests Petty would reach out to the feds when he would get info to try to trade info with them, right? To be like, hey, I found this out. If you find out anything else, you let me know, right? Which would both be a connection with the CIA and also mean the CIA was like, well, he was just kind of hassling us. Like we weren't contract. He just kept reaching out (sighs) with shit. I mean, that would, that would help resolve the issue we've been having the whole time, which is like him, you know, sort of characterizing this, this cult atmosphere as like a merry prankster joker thing. Yeah. Where it's like, if there, it, it uh, uh, I understand why this has lent itself to so many conspiracies. Yes. It's like, it's, you're just like, why? Like, and that is a thread as to why that, yep. uh, you know, there's, yeah, because I'm like still continually baffled by the ostensible lack of clear purpose. But that I mean, but if you're telling people they're LARPing and they are actually accomplishing something for you. Yeah, that's not nothing. I also just I just hearing a couple of the sentences you were saying, uh, I, I miss when talking about computers with with like there was this horny energy about it. Hard drive mm-hmm. to a floppy. You're not getting, you know, you're not getting words like that anymore no, in the computer no. world. It's illegal to use words like that in the computer world, Jamie. Yeah. The woke left will cancel you. It's considered a, a thought crime. I yeah. think it's really telling that I uh, am, uh, I've allegedly done a lot of shit in Grand Rapids, Michigan, but mm-hmm. what I'm going to get taken down for is saying hard drive to a floppy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what you're going to get canceled for by the AI that is spreading the the lies against you. Um, (laughs) So the other thing I want to add before we end for the day is that, like, the possibility that there's a connection to the CIA, which is that Petty kept trying to feed them information. And maybe they at some point were like, hey, why don't you, uh, you know, do this for us or that for us. Like, let's see if we can use this guy. He come up with something interesting. That's really consistent with how he liked to behave. And we know this because of what he did to John Cohen, that journalist who interviewed him in 1996. I want to I want to quote a bit from that article because where this this is one of the better sources we have on Petty and his cult, particularly like in the late stage of the cult. And what happens is Cohen travels to Culpeper, Virginia, you know, well after the case blows up and like goes away and he interviews Petty. And during their conversation, this is this happens and this is Petty talking. Any way that we can throw you any leads, he asks, be thinking about what leads you could throw us if you come across anything we'd be interested in. I can't think of a single lead that Petty might be interested in. He and Burns, who's his other cult member, both lean forward awaiting my response. No one says a word, and the silence is deafening. So, like, this journalist comes to interview them, and they're like, hey, we could really use a journalist. What if we have a partnership? You throw us any leads you get, we'll throw you leads for stories. We get all sorts of leads for stories. We're always looking into stuff, right? And I could see... Petty's relationship with the CIA, starting at least with that, with him reaching out to the CIA and being like, I got this lead on this company in Japan, or I got this lead on this communist organization, this progressive organization in the US. Here's some info. If you get any leads, here's what I'm interested in. You throw them my way, right? And I could see the CIA being like, well, let's humor this guy and give him some bullshit because we're the CIA and, you know, there's no cost in us trying to see what we might get. I could see that being the the texture of the relationship they have too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, Jamie? yes, this There's is more, this is, but not I, today. <laughs> uh, I yeah, I mean, th- this does feel like a 
perfectly infuriating case study at just like baffling questions and uh, systemic failure at virtually every level to the point where you mm-hmm. cannot trust what anyone says. And so at that point, you might as well just make shit up. And that's conspiracy culture. Wow. I also yeah. realized one more thing. Can I tell you one more thing? Sure. I, I realized that the the Red Sox are the FBI because they also mm-hmm. uh, killed MLK. Oh, wait, the yeah. Red Sox did? The Red Sox wow. did. Wow. Yeah. Jamie Loftus, uh, you know, Google the Red Sox assassination. No, don't see Google what, see, anything see, anymore. See what comes up. See what comes up. Don't um, Google anything look. anymore. <laughs> There's a lot to these episodes. We have more CIA talk when we come back. We have the the resolution of the Colt case, and we have what happens after the child trafficking case goes away. Um, mm-hmm. So all of that and more, Jamie, in part four, the conclusion of the epic saga of the Finders. But first off, doing this to me, yeah. Let's conclude the epic saga of Jamie Loftus on this podcast by giving your pluggables. Oh, I'm going to just plug away. Uh, You should uh, follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram still. Against all odds, I am still there. Uh, You can... What else can you do? You buy my book, Raw Dog, which is about hot dogs. You can listen to a show I'm producing called We the Unhoused, uh, which is hosted by and uh, made for the unhoused community. And uh, you can listen to my new show uh, called, I don't know, the, the, the title is in transit at this time. It's currently called 15 Minutes, and it's going to be a new weekly show on Cool Zone Media. Ever heard of it? About uh, every week we look at one of the Internet's main characters. Yeah. Past, present, uh, and future. I'm going to try to establish, see if I can establish my own main character. Just install someone. Yeah. And you know who else could be a main character? Marion Petty. He kind of no, was. Early I, main character on the early internet. It's it, it's true. On the he on could. the floppy. It's uh the further you go back in internet history, you're like, wow, it uh I feel like we we characterize it as were we ever so young, but it's like, no, yeah. we were always pretty bad. <laughs> we just didn't uh didn't realize it. Yeah. Oh well. So those are my plugs. You know, go to hell. I love you. Behind the Bastards is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com. Or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. 
Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.